0: Everybody. welcome back to Pest Control, an actual play podcast from Alt Haven. I'm your keeper Sam and I use he him pronouns. Today we are returning to our game of Monster of the Week by Michael Sands and Evil Hat Productions for Arc 3 of Norfolk. This season is focused on the community of Norfolk, a town that is slowly losing its identity to the encroaching city and the sudden revelation to the world that monsters live among us. We have a couple of tenets that we're going to be trying to examine this season, in addition to the regular recommendations from Monster of the Week itself. The first of which is, show the community. Show where it is coming together and where it is fraying. The other is, show the world of the myriads. Show how the world is different since they revealed themselves in ways both complex and mundane. I'm going to go ahead and let my players introduce themselves. Players?
1: Hello, I'm William, they, them, and I'm playing Kelly Aberdeen, he, him, the crooked.
0: Hi, my name is Jonas,
2: they, them, and I am playing Rabbit, generally he, they, uh, et al., the shape
0: changer.
3: Hi, I'm Sam, she, they, and I'm playing, uh, I don't know.
0: And last but certainly not least, we have a guest joining us for the first time for this entire arc. Guest, would you introduce yourself?
3: Hi, I'm Franny, she, her, and I'm going to be playing Skidamore, the monstrous, they, them.
0: Franny might be a familiar voice to those of you that have seen a project that I did with William and Jonas previously called Hijinks and Handlebars, which was an actual play live stream that used to be on Qtimes that used the Kids on Bikes system. A fantastic story. William was GMing that one. So if you're interested in checking that out, you know, that's all available for you online on the Q Times YouTube channel. Franny was also on that show. And when we were talking about doing this season, we were kind of tossing around ideas for incorporating guests. And we wanted to get her on. And she was kind enough to be willing to join us for literally an entire arc, which is probably going to take us like, Four
3: months to record.
0: <laughs> so Franny, thank you. I'm,
3: I'm so excited. I feel very honored to be here.
0: With that being said, I have a small intro to read. Glimmer never ended a stream early. If anything, tonight was the exception that proved the rule. Thanks nuns, she said. I'll see you Friday at 6 p.m. I'm going to set us up to raid St. Sebastian. So if you're looking for more fun, stick around. And for my Abbey tier subscribers, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invite to this month's party. She gave one last lingering look into the ring light setup suspended on tripod behind her double monitors, waved and went offline. She knew that no one would see that last look. That was part of her whole deal. Part of the mystique that she put on when she turned on the lights and the cameras and hit the record button. Part of the thing that turned Ana into Glimmer. It was a huge draw. Early on, people had accused her of being some sort of VFX super genius, a prodigy capable of real-time rendering out her own flesh and blood for a long plate of her bedroom. There were breakdowns on Reddit that claimed to replicate exactly how she pulled it off. People had called her a liar when she had said that it was just something that happened. It had frankly hurt her feelings a bit. Early on, she was over it now, mostly. Now, of course, magic was real and somehow she still got hate. Replacing the long breakdowns of her ability to perform studio-level VFX for a stream of 30 followers with no budget, she was suddenly inundated with comments about how privileged she was to have magic at her fingertips. Did she know that there were people dying out there? Did she know that she could solve climate change or world hunger? Why wasn't she doing anything about the hurricane? Could she teach her powers? Where had she gone to school? Thornback School for innate and instructed magics? She wasn't old enough, that school was new. That means it must've been a private school. Her parents must've been rich to afford going to a school like that. Other magicians began breaking down the spells she was probably using in the chat. They talked about Eye of Newt and pulling on quote, the weight of the universe. And when she insisted that no, like she'd said, this was just something that happened, the Reddit threads began anew, just on which subreddits instead of visual effects ones. The truth was, the first time that Ana had realized that she couldn't be seen on pictures or video, it had terrified her. It had happened in second grade on picture day. The photographer had been behind the camera snapping away as each child stepped up in line. Aina had worn her prettiest dress, a flowery thing with pink and orange flowers on white cloth, a pattern she wouldn't be caught dead in now. She'd been nervous, very nervous. She was wringing her hands, watching as the line slowly crept towards the stage. There were large mottled gray backdrops set up against the stage curtains. They looked heavy, and Ana had imagined one falling, crushing her or her friends underneath its massive wavering form. No one else seemed the slightest bit concerned about this, and she couldn't understand why. The photographer had called her up onto the stage and had gone back to his camera. He snapped a few frames and frowned. Ana had seen people furrow their eyebrows before, but this man furrowed his mustache too, pushing his upper lip into his nose. Aina had glanced at the backdrops. Were they falling? No. The man sank again behind the screen of his camera and snapped a few more frames before putting his hands on his hips and fixing her with a stormy expression. Quit it, he had said. Quit what? Aina thought, but she just nodded and tried to keep her back straight like her mother had shown her. The man snapped a few more pictures before coming around the front to clean his lens. He was mumbling under his breath, and as he took a few more, he let out an exasperated noise. Can you please sit still? Ana was desperately confused. She'd been sitting as still as she could, but the man was an adult, and he was looking at her with an expression she'd never seen before, a sort of exasperation crossed with panic. I am she had said, unable to keep a bit of choked wine from sneaking into the last word. The man fixed his eyes on her, unblinking, and reached down, compressing the shutter button, then quickly ducking behind the viewfinder to look at the resulting photo. The look he had given her next still haunted her. What's wrong with you? He had whispered soft enough that she was probably the only one who'd heard him, the color draining out of his face. That was the last straw. Ana had burst into tears, running off the stage and hiding in the bathroom. After a while, a teacher had come to find her. They had led her back to the classrooms where with no knowledge of what had happened, the kids around her had predictably filled the gaps in their knowledge with the cruelest interpretations possible. Before she left school that day, there were a dozen rumors floating around about her. They'd moved to Norfolk not long after, and Ana had called out sick every picture day after that. That night, she'd returned home crying and explained the entire incident to her mother. She'd watched her mother struggle to find the right response, something that somehow made the entire event worse before eventually telling Ana to take a seat on the couch while she brewed some tea. By this point, Anna felt drained of her emotions, and she had sat silently on the couch as she heard her mother boil the kettle and sort through the dozens of teas, looking for the one that might set the mood exactly. When she'd returned, steaming cups in either hand, the look on her face had been enough to cause Anna's emotions to burble to the surface again. It was a sober look, lips tight and eyes far off. Her mother set the two cups on a deeply ringed coffee table, and suddenly Ana couldn't hold it in any longer. What's wrong with me, Mama? Her mother sat softly on the couch right beside her so that their hips were just touching, and hugged her daughter to her chest. When she finally spoke, it was haltingly. Aina, do you remember how grandma sometimes would talk about great grandpa the one who worked at the circus anna felt the sharp grasping hands of fear clutching at her heart this was it the photographer had been right there was something wrong with her her mother was going to tell her she had to go live at the circus she couldn't help it she began to sob again a keening wail worming its way up and out of her throat Her mom wasn't sure what had set her off, but she hugged her to her shoulder again, stroking Ana's hair. Ana looked up at her eyes welling up and spilling over. Mama, please don't make me go. I don't want to live at the circus. Her mother cracked a soft smile, putting the pieces together. Oh, no, honey, no, You, you don't have to go live at the circus. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It took Aina a few more minutes to figure out how to stop the tears from spilling down her cheeks again and her mother waited patiently before continuing. Your great grandpa was very special. He he helped people, people that had um, people that were already dead. He was one of the only people that could help them. Some other people, they, they didn't like him because of that. They didn't want him to help those people, the dead ones. They wanted him to use the ways he was special for, for for them. None of the actual information her mother had said up to this point was in any way soothing, and Aina couldn't yet see how any of this related to her. But the constant level tone of her mother's voice was making her feel better nevertheless. She could feel her eyelids getting heavy, the emotional energy expended today finally catching up with her. Her mother continued, One of the things your grandmother told me when I was young was that great grandpa didn't show up in pictures. Whatever made him special, whatever allowed him to help people, it also made it so that they couldn't capture him. Nothing except his clothes. Her mother smiled, but even though her mouth told Aina she was happy, Aina could see the sadness hiding around the corners of her eyes and across her forehead. This means you're special, eh? Just like great grandpa. Her mother was right. When Aina was 15 or so, she began to see ghosts. They began to hang off of her clothing or reach for her lunch. She would walk around them in the hall. She kept this to herself, only telling her mom after a particularly nasty near collision when she'd swerved to avoid what she thought was a person standing in the road during her first driver's ed course. And it had only gotten worse. The first time she'd helped one of them move on had been like lighting a fire. Dozens more had shown up behind them begging for her help. She went long periods, unable to sleep because of the keening cries. Her mother had encouraged her to deal with them, to take time aside every day to put a few to rest, but she couldn't see them, had never done this herself. And as much as she tried to research, to help from the outside, to read as many books as she could, really the only thing she could do was watch as Ana grew more and more isolated. Soon, it was all Ana could do not to scream at her mother to scream that as many as she put to rest, they just kept coming, crowding over her bed at night with their arms held out like she was just a fountain that existed to slake their thirst. She could not explain how much it took out of her each and every time. She could not explain how out of control it all felt. So she stopped completely. She told them no. When she saw them, she averted her gaze, pretending to be just like all the other teens, the ones living normal lives. She went straight from home to school. She refused to hang out anywhere new. She cut herself off from friends whose great-grandmothers lingered over their shoulders. She turned to the internet as her primary method of communicating and socializing. There were no ghosts in her phone or on her laptop. And after working up the courage to send a selfie showing off her homemade dress to friends, a dress that hung as though from a human form despite the lack of ana she discovered that she had a real knack for styling and fashion. She started a YouTube channel, exploded on TikTok, drew an audience on Instagram and Discord and Snapchat and Twitch. Soon, Glimmer was everywhere. People she knew online were sending her links to videos that she'd posted only hours before. And the best part, no one knew who she was. She could stop at any moment, cut off videos that got people through their days, delete the channel at any time. She sometimes pulled up the account deleting procedures while she was live, just to see the reaction of the chat. No one could force her to do anything. And then came the Dark Abbey. Ana could decide who to let in, who to keep out. She could lead the music however she wanted, hire whoever she wanted. But it was always two steps forward and three steps back. On her 22nd birthday, only a couple of years ago, the Ravens had appeared. She didn't know where they came from, but she knew why they were here. They congregated everywhere in Norfolk, hanging on telephone wires and the eaves of buildings, and they screamed at her. Responsibility, they shrieked. Responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. Whoever sent them, whatever cosmic force was responsible for all of the strange effects, had sent them to torture her. She didn't tell her mother about the ravens. She knew it would just start another fight. Instead, she started spending more and more time in the city, somewhere the ravens seemed to avoid. She moved the dark abbey meetings to the old mining tunnels. At least there, the ravens couldn't hang over her head. She wore headphones everywhere else she went, music cranked all the way up. She knew it was bad for her ears in theory, but so far she couldn't tell the difference. Versus when she had once forgotten them and had had a nervous breakdown on the street. And she'd met Carmichael. That had been the last straw for her mother. Aina, no, you're not seeing him. Absolutely not. I am, she'd said. Her mother shook her head, eyes wild. No, no, you are not seeing him. Absolutely not. A, he is dangerous, really dangerous, actually dangerous. He's not like that, the tabloids just hate him. They blame stuff on him because he's successful. He's an easy target and he doesn't fight back. Somewhere deep down, Ana knew at least some of this was a lie. Carmichael was a little dangerous, but he was only dangerous to the people that hated him. And God, he was hot. He always smelled a little smoky and he wore expensive button-ups beneath fitted blazers, mostly black. He laughed at her jokes and he told her she was funny and he let her pick where they went out to eat, even when she picked the expensive places. He let her pick, but he always had a plan. A bottle of wine he brought with him from his private cellar, a bundle of roses, a view from his penthouse suite where the sunset was particularly beautiful. No, he is a mistake. You are going to regret being anywhere near him. Her mother said i'm an adult Ana said i'm an adult and if it's a mistake so what it's my mistake i make my own money i'm not dependent on him i can leave whenever i want that's not true with people like him her mother said quietly anna blinked like what mama there was a beat of deathly silence as her mother looked up at her helplessly. She knew she had made a mistake and Aina knew it too. I didn't mean her mother started and then trailed off into silence. People like him, Ana said. People like me, you mean. I'm more like Carmichael than I am like you, Mama. That's what you've never gotten. You can read all the books, but you'll never be like me. Maybe Carmichael is dangerous, and if he is, maybe I'm dangerous too. Maybe you humans need to worry about us. She threw the last line at her mother with as much scorn as she could muster, and she saw it impact drilling deep. Her mother crumpled to the couch, the fight gone out of her. You know, you know that's not what I meant. It's a different situation, she mumbled. Ana knew an opening for a finishing blow when she saw one. Well, maybe you should be more careful with your words next time, Mama. If you want to see me again. Her mother said nothing, just stared at the floor. Carmichael has said he knows some real estate people in the city, Anna continued. He's putting me in touch with them. I was going to wait until the end of the month, but it seems like I should go. Please, A. Hey. Anna grabbed her bag from the floor and walked to the door. She paused in the doorway, one hand on the frame. I'll come get my stuff over the next few days. Then she was gone. That was the night the visions had started in earnest she stared at her dual monitors watching for a while as the viewer count dwindled but she couldn't put it off any longer with a shaky breath she pulled out her phone dialing the number and holding it to her ear on the other end she heard someone pick up and she hurried to speak first afraid that her opportunity would slip away hi miss thornback thanks for taking the time to chat is it stupid to tell you why i'm calling?
3: Uh no kid, go ahead.
0: I think I'm starting to see the future.
3: All right. Well, respectfully, um that's not that can't happen. But
4: Okay, look.
0: There was a I dreamed about a body beneath the Norfolk water tower there was a it looked like an animal maybe or, or something I, I'm not really sure but I, so I went there and there was nothing there was nothing there and I thought <laughs> well it was a dream And then I saw that person on the news. I saw the police crowded around the water tower. And I know how this sounds, it's but it's not deja vu. And I don't think I'm going crazy. I, I dreamed about a knight. He goes into this church somewhere here, I think, and he kills he kills a bunch of people. And then there's this bus, and the ravens are there too, and these people that I don't know, this this big rat thing. I'm worried it's going to come true.
3: Uh Aina is it?
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I I mean Aina, but yeah,
3: yeah. Oh. Sorry, I get mixed up sometimes. Um listen. I think it's possible that maybe you just lucked out, you know? All I know is there's only one oracle and it's not you.
0: Luckily. But couldn't there be... I've had a lot of weird stuff happen to me over the years. I don't... I don't... I didn't want any of this, Miss Thornback. I, I, I want it to go away.
3: I'll tell you one thing I learned. You can't run away from this.
0: If I, if I have more dreams, can I call you? Yeah, sure. Skidmore, you come out of that crystalline light and find yourself laying in the snow in an unfamiliar location. Your side is killing you. As a reminder, you are starting with four harm, which means you are already unstable. As you cast your gaze around, you see tall buildings made of ice and metal. It's hard to tell. Would you describe for us what you look like?
3: Skidamore is this Anthropomorphic, am I saying that right? Mm Mm-hmm, Yeah. Rodent-like creature. Very disheveled, scraggly. (laughs) Not very big though, only about four feet tall (laughs) standing. (laughs) Fit right in. They have a a makeshift kind of sack back. Whatever has been useful to them, they kind of keep in there. And that's pretty much it. They're hunched over a lot of the time, eyes always darting around. I, I would think maybe like one of their fingers is, is cut from some sort of mishap that happened. Maybe their tail has some cuts and scars in it.
0: And in addition, you are bleeding from long slashes across your backside, as well as a newly punctured hole in your side. The snow around you begins to turn a crimson color as you put your hand to your side and pull it away to see blood. There are forms that appear to be human here, but most of them are wrapped in some sort of strange, colorful costume that makes it hard to tell what they really look like underneath.
3: I think immediately, Skiddemore just wants to seek out any form of shelter. So anything that looks like they could hide in, or under, or in between. Should I roll to see if I can find something that would keep me safe?
0: Yeah, why don't you roll read a bad situation?
3: I got five. Five total? (laughs) Five total.
0: Okay, (laughs) excellent. Then someone spots you, Skidmore, as you are laying here in the snow. And we, as the camera, recognize them. Mm. This is Benoit Caldera, the CEO of relegated production industries. They spot you and begin making their way over towards you. As far as you can tell, Skidmore, this person is wearing what looks to be like a big puffy cloth gown or something, uh, gown from the waist up, maybe, appears to be like an older man, probably reminds you of the father.
3: Skiddemore immediately claws out, starts to, any way they can, just have one arm crossing their belly, one arm kind of covering their face as they start to recoil, and they just start murmuring (laughs)
0: <laughs> so obviously that is what Benoit hears. What are they saying?
3: They're saying, no harm, no harm.
0: Benoit approaches and sort of raises his hands up and says something in some sort of language that you do not understand.
4: Baltimore.
3: Baltimore. And Skidamore just keeps trying to skid away, darting, looking everywhere somewhere they can they can flee to.
0: This person who approached you, the person we know to be Benoit, pulls out a sliver of metal from their pocket and raises it to his ear and begins speaking into it as though he were speaking to another person.
3: I think before he can even start saying something, as soon as Skidmore sees this long silver item, Skidamore's going to attack.
0: Great.
1: Oh, Why don't no. you roll me, kick some ass? Hey, if we if we chill on this long enough, Skidmore might kill everyone that we want dead. So.
0: <laughs> no, you don't want Benoit dead
1: yet. Well, do you? I don't know. The CEO of Relegated Production Industries. I
0: think I wanted Benoit dead a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. What did you roll, Skidmore? Five. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> what are your stats? Um, yeah, what are your stats?
3: I have negative one to charm. Plus one to cool, plus one to sharp, zero for tough, mm-hmm. and plus three for weird. Oh, your
1: yeah. stats are so bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're
0: just—they're they're just, just a little, a little guy. High. Oh
1: my god, they're okay. just a little guy.
0: Okay, all right, Skidmore, you reach up to lash out with your claws, and Benoit catches your hand almost supernaturally quickly. Oh. Ew!
4: <laughs> Skidmore just
3: starts like squeaking and screaming and kind of. I, I picture when like a cat, you know how they have their like hind legs just kind of oh, yeah. like scratching at whatever is holding on to them.
0: Benoit is speaking into the phone and pulls out something from his back pocket. It appears to be like a like a long, thin needle attached to a cylinder of glass, and he jams it into Skidmore's side and the edges of your vision go black, and skittimore. you fall to the snow. Kelly, why the fuck did you decide to move in with Jillian Murphy? Because <laughs> I don't
1: want to live where Carmichael is anymore. Oh, do I want Carmichael to be my landlord? I suppose if I wait long enough, anywhere I go in Norfolk, Carmichael might be my landlord,
0: but. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I guess here's what I really mean. How much convincing did it take from Jillian's end when she came to you after just learning that she was being evicted from her apartment and said, hey, do you want to move in together?
1: I I think it didn't take convincing at all. And I'll tell you why. Okay. (laughs) Cause Kelly needs a place to stay that isn't around Carmichael. And then also he was like, you know, having a steady stream of sex and information is not the worst thing
0: in the world. True enough. Kelly (laughs) does it. How, Hmm. I'm curious how much of this attitude Jillian is aware of. How honest are you being?
1: Uh, I I probably not completely fully honest. No. Okay. It was very much like a for her maybe it was like oh you know do you want to move in together like uh, you know we could do this mm-hmm. and then it's just like oh yeah sure great oh yeah no hey yeah hey, whoa that's actually a great idea yeah but I, I need a place.
0: Where is your new apartment?
1: I see. I don't think we live in an apartment. I think we live in a, in a trailer park.
0: Interesting. Oh. In in one of the camper vans.
1: Oh yeah, out on the on, out and by the camper vans. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, Artie was more than happy. He said, "Yeah, I know you guys are kind of down on your luck, but I got some great units. I got some great unit. And listen, they're not going anywhere. No one's no one's buying camper vans right now. So, you know, if you wanted to rent one for a, a couple months or." little while, maybe even longer, a year or two even, you know, as long as you keep you clean, right? Jillian says, yes, I'm very clean.
1: And I won't be here very often.
0: (laughs) Jillian shoots you a look.
1: Often enough though.
4: (laughs)
0: Okay. I think you're living on the Western camper vans and RV lot. Sweet. (laughs) Artie is your neighbor. He also lives in one of the camper vans here, and I think he regularly tries to bring you coffee in the morning, and he <laughs> makes the worst coffee you've ever had.
1: Kelly might like
0: that.
2: Okay. <laughs> worst, worst, like, can you describe the ways that it's bad? Because it's a little subjective. I'm curious.
0: Yeah, it is both too thick <laughs> and not flavorful enough. Whoa. <laughs> with too much bad water <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's bad yeah uh, Ke- Kelly paint me a day in the life here what does this look like so Kelly gets
1: in like early morning most of the time but not because he's off doing cryptid things right now because he's not Kelly is working double time working at cheapskate and also hothouse flowers
0: yep okay
1: Kelly has taken over Nami's shifts while she's gone, mostly optimistically. It was like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, what? Pick up a couple shifts? yeah well, i mean like how how long is nami gonna be gone i
2: like, see nami all the time she can't work that much <laughs> yeah she's always with us right? there's uh-huh. no way that she's
1: doing anything it's like oh wait i sleep half the day because i'm up <laughs> all night like <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. uh yeah she also has like a 5 a.m shift sorry <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so kelly yeah kelly gets up at like 4:30 in the morning to get on the public oh. transit to go to hothouse flowers to to work and then works evenings at cheapskate and and then comes back home so so like Jillian is almost seeing Kelly less now that they live together. So it gets up, go to Hot House Flowers, go to Cheapskate and come back. I will say lately Kelly has been texting. Not, oh, actually, let me let me run this by you, Jonas. Mm-hmm. You know how like you and Amra are on a call like almost 24. Oh, 7? yeah. Just
2: sort of have like walkie talkies almost on the phone.
1: Yeah, so I was thinking about Kelly and Rabbit doing that.
2: Okay. Just being sort of always on. Yeah, like having. Because
1: Kelly's like working so much that he's like, oh, I kind of need something to do. I need to, I need some sort of socializing.
2: Yeah. And most of Rabbit's time has been, like, holing up in his hovel with a laptop and, like, Hotspot, basically, doing internet research. So he probably has a lot of time to just kind of be in. Honestly, I mean, Sam, in the intro for this episode, you set up Discord. I think they're in a Discord call together, just, like,
4: yeah.
2: currently they have, like, an 81-hour running Discord call. And that's a new record for them. Last was, like, 64. Because you, know, you, just, you just keep it going. One person's always in there, at least. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. The,
1: yeah, Cheapskate, like... I don't know if Carmichael ever comes by, but, like, whoever the manager is now. Who is my other co-worker?
2: Joni Colbert. Uh, yeah, Sage Brennan also would temp in sometimes. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: like, if like Joni is, like, tasked with, like, keeping Kelly on still. And I think that there's even, uh, like, no earbuds policy sort of thing.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
1: so, Kelly... Always has like one one like wireless earbud, a Bluetooth earbud in one ear, and mm-hmm. it's the ear that's facing away from Joni. And when mm-hmm. and when he like is turning the other direction, he goes up to like you know adjust his glasses or like it, it'll, like flip his hair to the side and like removes an earbud and like puts the other one in like that kind of thing. So it's a lot of that sort of stuff.
2: Kelly can do magic. <laughs> Stage magic. Last question for yeah. you, Sam Richardson. Uh-huh.
1: Does us talking on the phone initiate the memory loss thing?
2: Yeah. We, we would have figured that out early and stopped. If no, could, I think. Okay. Definitely not. It is about
0: being in person. Okay. Cool. Proximity. Because it is literally, it's funny. You as Kelly in the downtime episode, specifically, we're like, well, it's not as though you're giving off some sort of pheromone that makes us forget you or something. And th- no, that's exactly what's happening.
4: <laughs> that's exactly
0: what's happening.
1: Wait, so if, if, what if Rabbit and I end up in a similar, like the same location without knowing?
0: Yeah, good fucking question. Then, like
1: out of nowhere, it's just, you're just mm-hmm. like, hey, William, roll. And I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> okay. And guess what? On a failure, that might end up being the case. <laughs>
1: Who knows? Fair enough. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so that's the day in the life right now. So I kinda wanna be at Hothouse. Okay, sounds like, good. Like talking to Rabbit on the phone.
0: Yeah, Heather mostly leaves you to your own devices here. We've set up in the past that she, uh, Heather's the owner of Hothouse Flowers. She's pretty old and she has trouble maintaining the shop on her own, which is part of the reason that she brought Nami in in the first place, because she really wanted to keep up the shop, but she needed someone she could trust with the sort of day-to-day operations. If you are working at Hot House talking to Rabbit, well, first of all, what what is that conversation like?
1: I, I also wanna say really quick, like customers come in, I like, I talk to them and in between, like when I'm like, oh yeah, that'll be like 3250. And they're, like, getting their card out, like, or or cash or whatever. And then as soon as I'm done talking to them, I'm talking to Rabbit again. Have you ever yeah. been to these, like, gas stations where, like, yep. workers yep. will have... Yeah. yeah, it's it's literally that.
2: Okay. Are you trying well, to hide from customers no. and... The- okay, cool.
1: <laughs> they just know, they know I'm on the phone.
2: <laughs> Great. It's like Randall from uh, fucking uh, Clerks.
1: Yeah, so then, um, so then Jillian was like, Oh, you know, every once in a while when you come home, I mean, like... If you, if you want to just watch an episode of something, you know, like a a quick, like 30 minute sitcom thing or whatever, you know, I, I've got a couple of the apps, we could stream it. Yeah. And I'm just, I wow. mean, like the thing is, I like the, by the time I get home, I mean, I'm so tired, like, you know, yeah. I, and plus I have to do like a little bit of training before bed. So I've got like 45 minutes. before of, bed? A, a little, that?
2: so you cut kind out of, a little what before bed?
1: A little training, a little training. Sorry, training. no. Oh, training. Those no, are okay. in the sorry. back.
2: Sorry,
1: yeah. No, those are in the back. No, behind the petunias.
2: Oh, you're talking to. A sorry, customer. I'm
1: talking to. The, I'm talking to a customer. Sorry, sorry, they're in the back behind the petunias. The petunias. Well, maybe you should take. Maybe you should take out your headphones, like your earbuds, if you want to be able to hear me.
0: I'm the customer. <laughs> I don't have
1: to. I said okay. Back behind the petunias. There, it's the it's the pink ones in the back. That's what
0: you want. I like the girl who worked here before you.
1: <laughs> well, me too. So anyway, Rabbit, uh, where, what were we talking about?
0: Kelly, the bell over the door dings and someone walks in. Hello, welcome to Hot Half Flow. Shit. Hot. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> she walks up to the counter and she says, Hey, um, Heather sort of said that I should keep checking back for Nami, the, the girl who worked here before you.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Hold on, Rabbit. There's a customer. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you're you looking for Nami? Yeah. Well,
0: I, yeah, I've been checking in. Do you
1: got like, an appointment or something? Did you have a meeting? I'm sorry. She had to go out of town, like, for a little while. We don't know when she's going to be back. I can take a note. Do you want me to? Uh, and Kelly's like rummaging for like a sticky note or something and then like finds something and picks it up like has a pen drops the pen like goes down to pick the pen up like hits his head on the not on the desk on the counter oh my god
0: <laughs> no I, I I kind of already have it's okay um I guess I'll just I think I just need to figure this out on my own I wait, guess.
1: wait figure it out like what flowers where else are you gonna go in town for flowers? You better not go to the fucking city. No, I'm looking. I'll f- give you some flowers for free if that's it's gonna not be an issue. The- Wait, you're giving her flowers for free? Hey, no, I'm not. I that was a joke. Do you have? I'll get to you in a moment. Um, excuse me. This I'm working with another customer right now. Rude. It's very
0: rude. Fucking rude.
1: I'm just saying you're. <laughs>
2: Heather definitely has a don't say fuck in my store policy.
0: Definitely.
1: I'm just saying you're fucking rude.
0: It's just true. i you're being a fucking asshole right now. <laughs> pardon okay. my language, but Jesus. This, this person has already begun to sort of walk back towards the door. Wait, hold on. Are you, do you want some flowers or what? No, I can't. She turns around. And walks back to the counter and says, I came here for relationship advice, but if Nami's not here, then. Oh,
1: oh, oh, yeah. Nami was doing the little, uh, the, the little, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 she, you know, she did that for me, you know?
0: <laughs> did it work?
1: In my opinion, yes.
0: You do not sound confident about that.
1: Well, okay, well, maybe Nami screwed up with me. I can help you out. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Here I am. I'll be your own personal little, I, you know,
0: Manipulate someone.
3: <laughs> Nami screwed up, huh? I see how it is. I have a minus
1: one to charm. <laughs> Nami didn't screw up. She just doesn't understand the transactional relationship that I have with Jillian. And neither does Jillian. <laughs> oh, sick. So I'm, oh, wow. Um, Sam, what if I told you I just, I wanted this to go so well. And we just forget that rolling is a thing for a second. <laughs> I don't think so. Would you roll? Okay. Well, I rolled a seven. Okay. Minus one.
2: Oh, mm, you! That's how they always get you. huh? <laughs> Can Nami help
0: by no. virtue of reputation? We've had three absolutely rolls not. in this
1: episode, and all of them have been failures.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Welcome to another arc of failures. <laughs> More like, nor fuck, I rolled poorly.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> nor fuck them. There. Nar, fuck. Nar, fuck. <laughs> Kennedy Hartsfeld says, No, sorry. I'll figure it out on my own. And walks out the door.
1: Fucking rude.
0: <laughs> so, do I pay for the flowers? Or? No,
1: you take them for free. Yeah. It'll be 350
0: $350. Nami. You are sitting across from Daisy, your parole officer in an office building that you have familiarized yourself with over the last few months. Do you wanna tell us what you look like? Yeah, um, just like I always have, uh, no different, no more, no less. Is Nami wearing any kind of new clothes or is this is this very standard summer summertime Nami? So this is still standard summertime Nami. The During last the time winter? that
2: we would have seen us on, on camera. I I don't wanna make decisions for if Nami's gonna, uh, how Nami's gonna appear Put in the winter. Put in a big pink coat. Except for a big pink scarf. I'm wearing a big pink scarf that is like, that pro- potentially could be a shawl, but it's like kind of doubled over on itself and just thrown around my neck a couple of times.
0: And Daisy is looking over the paperwork and says, um, it says here that you're still employed at Hothouse Flowers. Is that correct? Oh, um, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm working less and less, but... I am employed there still. You need to maintain employment in order to meet the requirements of your parole. If you end up yes. leaving Hot House Flowers, please let us know as soon as possible about where you will be working next. Of course, I, I, I am. I'm still. I'm still in, in employment and maintaining a good relationship with my boss there. So. Have you had any interaction with prisoners or other parolees? Oh, um, well, who is all on parole? You. They, you would, I don't think so. It's not a, but you would know. Well, what if they don't, what if they didn't tell me? I don't think so. Well, then it's not, not your responsibility, but you should be checking with people. You should be asking them. Anyone you meet who you're you're spending much time with, you should say, are you a prisoner? Are you a criminal? Are you on parole? Oh. Nami, I okay. thought we had been over this.
2: No, I'm I'm, so, I'm. It's a lot to keep track of, but I'm doing my best. Thank you for the reminder. Are, are you a prisoner? I am your parole officer. Right, I I know that. Are you a criminal?
0: I just have to ask. I'm sorry. She like (laughs) picks up a big stamp and like stamps something (laughs) and then like writes a couple of notes and says, okay, Nami, I'll see you next month. Thank you. And
2: gets up to leave. Oh, but before I go and just kind of puts a hand on the table. You're not on parole, right? Damn, Jonas, your NAMI was so
1: good. (laughs) It was really good. Oh, thank you.
2: I've been thinking about it all day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, holy shit, that's exactly how NAMI (laughs) would (laughs) act. Well,
2: 20 episodes
0: of listening to the podcast, I guess. 22. Hi, everybody. Keeper Sam here. Thank you so much for listening to Pest Control. Uh, this is the start of a brand new arc with a brand new character. So I hope you are enjoying it so far. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, we would really, really appreciate it. If you could share the show with friends, loved ones, or anyone you think might like an actual play horror show. We don't advertise anywhere other than a little bit of retweeting help from Althaven. And so basically the only way we find new people is word of mouth. If you would like to follow us in other places, we are on Twitter, co host, Tumblr, and Blue Sky at Pest Control Pod, and on Discord at the invite link in the episode description. The next episode will be out November 12th. We'll see you then. Rabbit. Yes. What else have you been up to in the three months since we last checked in with you? I should say the events of the downtime have been occurring concurrently, like throughout these three months. Those scenes that we played out during that episode were not all back to back to back. But the last time we saw Rabbit in those scenes was after a pretty emotional confrontation with Kelly, mm-hmm. where you turned into the jackalope and fled over Art Young's balcony.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that last time that Kelly saw Rabbit on that balcony in Art's Young apartment, that was the last time that Kelly has seen Rabbit in person. But we've been on the phone, I would say after like, three weeks or so went by of much, much less contact, if if any. Kelly and Rabbit sort of have reconnected in that way and have been basically on an audio call almost 24-7, like, falling asleep on that and everything, just sort of walkie-talkie mode. Other than that, Rabbit has been spending as much time as makes any sense with the other responsibilities that I'll list, like, the most of his time he possibly can, just, like, in his warren underneath the freeway and just on forums as deep as he can get, especially in like Jamie's online circles, uh, for those who listened to season one, to try to find information about the Angler Hound and the Angler Hound Venom and anyone who might have access to like that sort of thing. I I don't know how far he's gotten in that, Sam, maybe that'll come, we can come to that later, but he's been like really focusing on that. And also I think seeing cold more. I think he himself has made a point to see cold at least once a week more when possible interesting just to kind of keep her close to him so we know what's going on with her and also to keep up appearances and maybe he's even actually trying to be you know a good little demon for her and i think a lot of that has been discussing like obviously the plans to mobilize for the for the big move and also just like because he's worried about her with the public response to her being involved in the events of last arc and everyone sort of appearing on her doorstep and i think he's been wanting to help her handle that as best he can
0: yeah to make sure that there's no ire towards the family and i think a lot of cold's time and something that she's she's definitely been bringing you in on and seeking your advice for is this search for a new corn moon right she has told you that the ritual to get you all to the moon cannot be performed until you find a suitable replacement. Oh, oh. and she has found some some candidates and has been basically asking you to like t- both tail them but also like interact with them as mm-hmm. other people to try to like get a sense for what their vibe might be. And totally. there's probably some names that you've already crossed off the list. Totally. But I'm curious, like who's who's at the top of the list?
2: So there is a stage magician who performs largely in the city, but lives in Norfolk, named Freddie Rinson, who just did you know, general stage magic for a long time, but was rumored to have an actual penchant for real magic, especially as times have come up. And is not public with this if it's true. I think that is the person who Rabbit is most considering from colds list Mm -hmm. and has also had the hardest time tracking down and is giving rabbit the impression that the rumors are true and that freddie rinson is trying to hide that and is doing a good job of it so that has been sort of elusive there was uh, a young woman in colds office as rabbit was leaving one of his early meetings with with cold i don't remember her name but she's part of the astrological society
0: dr siobhan clement
2: dr siobhan clement she's on the list and like rabbit gets why but so she's kind of middling as far as Rabbit can tell like she definitely has She's a novice, but she has like a lot of uh, energy towards stuff like this. So she would need a lot of training, so he's keeping an eye on her. Not from Cold's list, and Rabbit is keeping this to himself, but he actually thinks that Nami or failing that somebody from the garden might be useful because he has seen them to have a penchant for magic in general and for transportation magics in general or in in specific in particular. But he doesn't want to like hand those refugees over to cold just yet. And even if she doesn't know where they're staying, he doesn't want to give that information. So he's been sort of spending time with them under the guise of just like, well, guys but trying to help them you know assimilate and be comfortable because these are nami's family effectively is how he's kind of seeing it and or at least like people that are close to her so he's been spending a lot of time with them when he can and just getting to know them
0: we should talk about the agents of dranya Mm -hmm. because some stuff has happened with the agents of dranya in the past three months great there has been a division in the group as to what to do here There are kind of two schools of thought, one led by Valentina and one led by Mm Akito. Valentina's school of thought is essentially, fuck this place. Like we need to, it it doesn't matter. The thing we need to do in order to find whatever it is in Norfolk that is like capable of helping Dranya is get as close to power as we can. Mm -hmm. Which means interacting with the police. It means joining the norfolk parents assemblage it means trying to get a position on the city council and the town council Mm -hmm. the agents of drania following valentina's lead are trying to gain power in norfolk in the city as well as continuing their search but they think that their search will be aided the more essentially power they are able to accrue over this the more people that they can kind of instruct to help them search cool the other school of thought led by aikido is basically we need to try and have relationships with people here like we need to to learn as much as we can about like this culture. We need to learn about like the history of this place because the things that are going to lead us to this thing, they haven't given up on this hope of like finding the thing that will resurrect Dranya, but they want to be able to like live in this place in a way that isn't as adversarial as Valentina has maybe proposed. And I actually think there has been something of a, of a name change here. I think Valentina's group is still calling themselves agents of Dranya. I think Akito's group has begun calling themselves Cupid's or the, or Dranya's mm. Cupid's or something oh, like Dranya's
1: that. Oh, Dranya's Cupid's is
0: cute. Yeah. To kind of show that division. And there has been like a, it's not bad blood necessarily. These two groups occasionally still work together, mm-hmm. but there is animosity there. Right. I think the agents of Dranya sort of feel as though Dranya's Cupid's are giving up. Mm -hmm. And I think that the cupids are questioning why if the agents of Dranya's goal is to help Dranya, why they are trying to amass power here
4: Mm -hmm.
0: and whether that is a thing that they should be doing. So I'm curious, is Rabbit spending time with one of those groups, with both of those groups? What does that look like?
2: I think he has been trying to spend time with both he is certainly more comfortable i believe with the uh i would imagine on average he is more comfortable with drawing his cupids and that is largely by nature of seeing valentina's attitude yeah he's trying to maintain cordiality with both largely because he hopes to delay the expanse of that fissure between the two kind sure. of trying to play peacemaker a little bit between them but okay. also he he's really hoping that he can find a solid candidate, a like perfect candidate from the cupids. That said, he sees a lot more easy ends with those who have gone with the agents of Drania. Yeah. Uh,
1: and so they forget you every time you interact with them.
2: That's a good point, yeah.
1: So are you just like, are, are you, the way that I'm seeing this is like you're doing the peacemaking by by basically being a stranger who keeps running into all of them. You're like putting yourself in position to be like to you know if one of them's at a coffee shop or something you're like you're you're like hey stranger you mind if I sit down like or whatever and you chat with them about like you try to get like information and they're being cryptic because they're like yeah you know what actually I'm having a you know I'm so glad you sat down I'm having a hard time with a friend of mine and you're just like oh. I <laughs> or something i that's like the only way i
2: like that a lot i wasn't considering that angle and i, I think i want to like kind of pair that with what i was thinking if sam are, are a lot of them still sort of hunkering down in the mines
0: like is that still sort of home, home base for any of them the agents are still there the cupids have begun trying to find places to live Okay, gotcha, and and interesting because yeah, I think that he
2: my my original I- in imagination was he would be appearing as the jackalope in the mines, similar to how they all met him, and I think that is happening, and I think that has happened enough to where it's like they are forgetting him every time and having to re remember. But my hope, Sam, if this makes sense, is that like through repeated occurrences where this like fabled creature keeps showing up, I think that it is like. I mean, it's a ghost story almost at this point. And, like, they might remember when they last saw Nami and, like, the jackalope showed up. And Nami would have said all these things that they remember. But it's all just so, fu- like, fuzzy and weird. So, Rabbit has effectively become this, like, supernatural presence that is, like, informing as much as he can their, like, feelings and, and stuff. But having a hard time, like, having to rebuild that trust a little bit every time.
0: Totally. And I think... Well, first of all, I think in their memories after each interaction, it's as though they've seen a ghost. Right. Which kind of lends to that sort of yeah. supernatural cryptid angle of it. But also, whenever they see you, they are native people to Dranya's plane, which means they sense the same thing about you that Nami mm-hmm. does. That yeah. sort of like pink aura that mm-hmm. Nami bestowed upon you and, and that now is sort of viewed as... Dranya's favor yeah they do notice that on you so I think there is something almost like I genuinely think there is almost something divine yeah about you showing up like it you are almost a a an omen of some kind you know what I mean
2: yeah and and I think that that omen has carried over into Norfolk and into the city with, like, every agent of Drania, whether they call themselves an agent of Dranya still or or call themselves a, a, one of Dranya's cupids, has had interactions with multiple strangers that were odd and hard to kind of recall afterwards. And the one constant, or the two constants, I guess, between those is that each one really gave them a lot to think about with regards to their current situation and that the stranger had some very, very obvious piece of, like, pink jewelry. Yeah. Like, a giant earring, a plug, a big necklace, a bracelet, choker, anything. Like, And in a few instances, when the stranger was asked, like,
0: who, who are you? What are you doing? They have only referred to themselves as the gardener. Ooh. I like that a lot. I do also want to say, because we've talked about this off mic, but it is worth putting you know, putting into a microphone here, you are a very interesting person to have been the one injected with this <laughs> anglerhound venom. venom yeah. because you are able to change your form. And I think the thing that we have sort of come to the, the kind of like synthesis of those ideas of this sort of like memory loss venom and your ability to change shape are that any form that you take that is one of your appearances that means rabbit moon that means sage brennan skip that means barley barley, that porter. Means barley porter that means the jackalope all of those are people that everyone who interacts with them forgets after mm-hmm. they leave any form that you take using your unstable form people remember but there's a strange kind of distance from them in their own memories the way we've kind of talked about it in discord chats is that it sort of feels like in your memory that person looked like the person that you thought they were but weren't them so it it is as though you recognize someone from behind and then they turned around and you realized it was not the person you were thinking it was except for like Maybe full conversations.
2: Maybe an entire like three hour excursion at the mall or something. It's just like right. you have this whole memory with this person. And then looking back, you're like, that couldn't have been them. Couldn't it not, been. That could not have been them. That does not make sense. And then you talk to them about it and they don't remember it.
0: And I think it is leading to more and more stories that Norfolk has encrypted. Uh-huh. And not the cryptid you might think. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, a genuine magical entity that is... Maybe related to the ghosts at the old high school is maybe related to the ghosts in the subway. Definitely some kind of ghosts, though. We just don't know which one. Definitely ghosts. I do think I do think people are calling them the gardener or the Norfolk gardener. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I feel like especially since Valentina's working with the police, like I imagine that kind of stuff would spread from the agents to the citizens. But yeah, that, that has been Rabbit's life. And 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 like all that's happening, but if there is one image of Rabbit for the next few months, it is him in this old construction site underneath the highway with just this beam of light on him on a laptop
0: hunched down on like Reddit, some like deep Reddit or something. Then let's make a roll. Okay. Rabbit, I would like you to roll investigate a mystery. All right. Break the cycle,
1: break the cycle.
0: Let's go rolling plus sharp. Five plus two is seven, <laughs> so it's a mixed success. A seven, okay. Which question are you asking here?
2: <sighs> Investigate a mystery. I think the question that makes sense to me is where did it go? And what I've been looking into, I've been trying to track, like, basically, I, I think, if let me know if it's fair to say that he has tracked down information, like, around the time that season one met the Angler Hound. Like, he has uh-huh. information about, like, basically, he's listened to the podcast up to that point in my mind a little bit, <laughs> okay. which is to say he doesn't understand much. But I think if it is possible, I would like him to have a solid lead on, like, like a facility that an Angler Hound was brought to that has not been tracked since then, or like an organization or person that is likely
0: to have that kind of thing. I absolutely, I know exactly what you find here. Cool. Where did it go, Sam? Using the internet archive, you find an old Craigslist post that lists Angler Hound pills. It is from post where we ended season one. Yeah. It is from after that. It's after Keeley's video. After Keeley's video. They were really fucking expensive. And then the post got taken down. Okay. It was posted from somewhere in Canada. Okay. So
2: where did it go is some buyer on Craigslist. Yes. Or, or... Canada, <laughs> sure, or Canada, yeah, yeah. I think then Rabbit has been turning his attention toward Canada and is trying to get in contact. He's been like emailing that, like Craigslist, like that temporary email. Does it return? Like, the, like it doesn't exist, or is he? Does it send like a normal email? You know, like when you send one that doesn't exist, it's like that
0: can't receive it. I, I think one of the things in the post says like don't use the Craigslist email, use oh, this sure. address. okay? Which is cool. like some sort of like proton mail account or something. Cool. And I think for the first month and a half, you get maybe the first two months even, you get no response. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, someone starts replying to your emails. Okay. And they say, yeah, are you still interested? Extremely. Where are you located? I cannot reveal that information.
2: I understand. Is there a better way for us to talk?
0: Tell me how much you can afford. How many do you have? And are you certain that they are still good? I have tested them. I am positive that they are still viable. I have six remaining pills.
1: Someone's out there maybe with just maybe, you know, this could be a scam It is Craigslist, but mm-hmm. <laughs> someone is possibly out there with six angler hounds.
2: Mm-hmm <sighs> I gotta think about this because Rabbit has a source uh, access to a source of money, but it's the family. It's cold, and I cannot ask her for help with this. Yep.
1: Robbing that bank is starting to look real. Uh, uh,
2: gears are <laughs> turning, my friend.
1: <laughs> we talked off Mike about robbing a bank. I don't know if it's gonna end up in the episode, but <laughs> just so, just so it's there.
2: Sam, in in my research on the dark web of maybe finding similar things, not Anglerhound pills, but maybe similarly rare things, has Rabbit gotten an idea of what an average price for something like this could be, or a range? of prices people offer for black market pills that can't be found anywhere else. That sounds pretty.
0: They are expensive. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think that this person who's emailing you would would reply and say, these are the last six known remaining pills. So I am going to charge a premium for them. Of course. Rabbit offers half a million dollars for all six
2: pills. <laughs> Is that too much? That doesn't feel like very much money no, that, at all.
1: That seems,
0: that seems, that seems right. It I kind of, right. I kind of feel like I'm swindling them. They say, okay, first of all, prove that you have that much money. And second of all, give us a location to meet.
2: Can you prove to me that the pills are still functional? Cause they said it and I have their word as for proof of the, I mean, I don't have that money right now.
0: <laughs> I don't like the way you said that right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, um, um,
2: <laughs> I, I have access to the money, but I need definitive assurance
0: that the pills will work. They send back grainy phone video of a living angler hound,
2: and it's got like a timestamp that I can trust. I run it through my my fucking checker. <laughs> it's kind of like
1: metadata. There
2: are no there are no identifying details on it. Okay. You could have taken this any time.
0: How do I know they aren't gone? I can always find another buyer. You only have one source. Give me a week. Skidamore. When you awaken, you are in a white padded room.
3: After waking up and kind of orienting themselves and remembering what had happened just before, I see Skidamore rubbing their eyes, doing the cleaning that rodents do, can that kind of shift their image to their softer version? Where they don't look as rodent-esque and more mouse-like? Sure, yeah. I just see it kind of as a bathing ritual, and so Skiddemore just starts washing their face, kind of grooming their Arms, all the while still just looking around, eyes darting, sniffing, and I think they're they're just sniffing to see if anything, if they can catch anything that smells familiar that can help them, give them any clues as to where they are or who who is close by.
0: Why don't you roll me? Investigate a mystery.
3: Come on, dice. <laughs> Come on, dice. <laughs> Let's go, Skidmore. Wow. Okay, I got a twelve.
0: Okay, on a 10-plus, hold two.
3: Is there a way Skidmore can escape from this padded white room? And if they were successful, is there immediate danger right outside?
0: Good questions. Both very good questions. The answer to the first is wait for someone to open the door and then kill as many people as you can on your way out. The, ans- the answer to the second is definitely yes.
3: Great. Perfect. <laughs> then Skiddemore waits. I think Skidamore takes that instinct and will continue to groom themselves and just be ready.
0: After several hours, Someone arrives, a, a guard arrives with a little metal tray of food. And they unlock the door with this kind of like, you know, swipe card, like RFID kind of thing. And the door buzzes open, you hear bolts kind of back open. And I need you to roll, act under pressure to fight the tension that suddenly fills your body because skittimore I am pulling on the one emotion that rules you fear
3: okay 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 cool eight
0: on a seven and nine the keeper is going to give you a worse outcome hard choice or price to pay your price to pay here is easy you have not managed to heal from any of your wounds here so i'm going to mark a point of harm bringing you to five out of seven harm <sighs> oh god get a rink's
2: gonna die before we meet him <laughs> Did you say Skidamore?
4: I
1: remember the name,
2: but I knew that was close enough. What is it? Skid, Skid,
1: Skiddle- Skidamore. 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 I
3: mean, Skidamore could be if, Rabbit's nickname yeah. for them.
1: If we ever
0: see them.
4: Yeah.
2: Maybe you can skid a little less.
0: As this door begins to swing open, Skidamore, how do you how do you get past this person?
3: As soon as they hear the footsteps coming, can they kind of like scurry up? over the, the frame of the door.
0: Yes, I love this.
3: And as soon as the door like starts opening, I think Skidmore is just gonna throw the door open and just try and squeeze like out the corner of the top like right-hand corner of the door.
0: You do, no problem. This person immediately sees you, drops this plate of food where it clatters to the ground and begins to draw their gun.
3: Can I use Jinx?
0: Sure, do you want to read us how that works?
3: Yes. You can encourage coincidences to occur the way you want. When you jinx a target, roll plus weird. On a ton plus, hold two, and on a seven to nine, hold one. On a miss, the keeper holds two. To be used in the same way, and you can spend your hold two. Interfere with a hunter, giving them minus one forward. Help a hunter, giving them plus one forward by interfering with their enemy. Interfere with what a monster, minion, or bystander is trying to do. Inflict one harm on the target due to an accident. The target finds something you left for them. The target loses something that you will soon find.
0: What playbook is that from? It is from the spooky. Okay, give me the roll. Oh,
3: six plus three plus
0: three. Hey, 12. <laughs> All right, what does Skidamore do?
3: Honestly, Skiddimore is just hyper-focusing on any escape strategy. So, any doors, any small holes or cracks that they can like scurry through just to get out from the open and just like beelining.
0: What is the what is the coincidence here though? Like what is which one of those things from the jinx are you pulling on?
3: I mean, interfering with what a bystander is trying to do. So just like, you know, because they're I'm sure trying to catch me.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, not trying to catch you. This person is trying to draw their gun. And for some reason, their gun is stuck in its holster. And they are unable to they're like yanking on it, trying to pull it out of the holster, giving you enough time to escape Back around the corner of this hallway, and see at the end two big metal doors.
3: Okay.
2: Does does Skidmore know what an elevator is?
3: No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I I got the impression (laughs)
2: this character might not recognize
3: that. (laughs) Uh, So that being said, Skidmore is gonna race towards this metal door, try and pry it open with their hands.
0: roll me, act under pressure.
3: Okay. This is tough. (laughs) <laughs> I got a fail. I got four. Oh, Mark experience.
0: So we should mention something here. Skidmore, you have two points of luck. You can use those to turn any roll into a 12 at any time if you would like to or avoid all damage from a move. I'm not saying you should use that here, but I want it to be on the table and I want us to know also exactly how close Skidmore is to being doomed. As a reminder, mechanically, what happens when you are doomed is that any roll you make, I can take a hard move
3: against you. Gotcha.
0: You may still succeed on a roll. You might roll a 10 plus on, you know, Investigate a Mystery. I can still take a hard move against you anytime I want. So, it's bad to be doomed. Don't, don't, (laughs) be careful with those two luck points. Right, right. So, Skidamark, go ahead and mark a point of experience here. Mm -hmm. As... Sirens begin to wail inside of this building. That person who you left behind has activated some sort of alarm. The walls are painted red as the lights flick to emergency lighting. And there are flashes of light, swirling sirens on the ceiling. Your ears are filled with this deafening screech.
3: Honestly, I think more I don't want to use... I don't think I want to use the luck right now. Yeah, um, makes sense.
0: You got a long arc ahead of you.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see if Skidamore survives. I I really think with everything that Skidmore is experiencing in this moment and at the speed at which everything is happening and in an environment that they feel absolutely alien in, like nothing is familiar, not even smells, I think Skidmore would faint or oh. just like something would overcome where they wires in their brain would just it
2: freeze kind
0: of
3: like fight freeze. flight freeze Yeah and I I think Skidmore is going to black out
0: <laughs> Then the next time you wake up you are back in that cell and this time you are handcuffed to the wall Kelly where do we find you after working a full day at Hothouse Flowers and Cheapskate?
1: Kelly's getting off the bus basically at the nearest bus stop that there is to the the RV park. Great. is heading back essentially to just open the door and fall asleep for maybe like four hours and then get up for work again.
0: Yeah, when you open the door, Jillian's little dog is running down the steps towards you and then kind of sniffing at your ankles, following you back up into the RV. Jillian is still in her pajama pants and a tank top, sitting at the little half counter area where there are three full plates of food around her and a laptop set up in front. And she says, "Oh, uh, I made dinner. Do you want? I made three different things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, great, cool. Uh, Thank you. I had a lot of." time and you see there's like an energy drink like halfway drunk <laughs> sitting next to her her hair's a little messy
1: you know i can maybe get you a job
0: i can get a job
1: <laughs> i okay i mean no rush like we're getting this rv pretty cheap and i'm
0: i'm working a lot right now kelly so. i don't want to live in an rv long term no offense
1: i mean no one said it was going to be long term i moved out like,
0: from a great apartment a, a beautiful beautiful apartment in the city.
1: Hey babe, you took a step down. I took a step up. That's compromise.
0: (laughs) Did you take a step up?
1: Oh, that's right. (laughs) You, wait, was she ever at my place? No, she never got, she
0: never was there. Oh
1: my God. That's right. (laughs) No, this is definitely a step up. I have a bathroom. Gross. I I just I use the bathroom in the
0: never mind whatever okay I, I would you read my resume and she kind of turns the thing around to you and you see a very a well formatted resume and she says I've reformatted it like six times today
1: um you spelled organize with a second end fuck like
0: a- she turns around <laughs> the computer and like starts going through all the lines
1: Kelly grabs a plate of food and actually like takes some and scrapes it onto another plate and then scrapes it like all three of the things that Jillian made. Kelly's taking something of everything and and then just like takes it over to, and it's, I mean, this is like a thin, there's like a thin hallway where there's counter space on either side and mm-hmm. you go past. And then there's like a, a door into like the world's smallest bathroom. Yep. And, and the sink is on the outside. And then in the back, there's just like a bed. Yeah. And Kelly is, like, moving towards the bed area, lays down, and, like, on
0: his side is is eating. Where have you been stashing your suit? So, if the RV has, like, the
1: little storage on the outside, mm-hmm. it's, like, inside of a lockbox on the inside of that thing. And also, that's, like, where Butch is.
2: I was going to
4: say,
1: oh, does, does, doesn't Butch
2: have the capacity to, like, isn't pocket? Isn't Butch like a pocket dimension? Kind of no. can like store no, things. No, no okay, no. cool. No,
1: I put things inside of him and they don't come back out.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. A <laughs> little
1: well, yeah. different. So, I mean, sitting like eating this for a little while, looking over at, at Jillian frantically like redoing her resume for the umpteenth for the time. time. Yeah, just like so tired, but it's been literally months since kelly has been able to go out and be the cryptid and so he like downs his plate super fast goes over and like kisses jillian on the head and just goes uh i'm going out i'll be back what do you
0: mean you're you just got home don't you i no. you work I, two I, jobs yes, how are you I still
1: know. on your feet i uh, it's a I, I don't know i'm like i'm restless i'm restless you know well but do you I want think me I'm, to come with you Well, no, no, I just, we could go see a movie or
0: go out to dinner or I'll, I'll put some real clothes on
1: tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow.
0: Okay. Tomorrow.
1: I'm, and I mean it.
0: Okay. We'll see.
1: Okay. And don't worry about finding a job. Like I said, you don't like, don't stress about this too much. Like I'm holding it down. I'm holding it down.
0: I need a job, Kelly.
1: Okay, well then f- worry about finding a job. For you, for you, not for me. Okay, I'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> I almost said I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly catches
1: himself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh shit, Ke- Oh, Kelly's got
1: feelings. That was funny. Uh-huh. It's cause Franny's here, I swear uh-huh. to God. Uh-huh.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that in character?
1: May- sure, that almost happens. Yeah, sure. Okay. There's just like a pause where Kelly's like looking at Jillian for yep. too
0: long. Yep. Yep. And she feels it.
4: Oh, okay, okay. You yeah. should go. I'll um, be back. I, now. I have to finish formatting this and
1: you have worked and you gotta gotta work to do. I've got work. I gotta okay. find a job. Okay, okay. And me, I gotta I gotta and it's like backing into the door and like trying to open the latch. Yeah, <laughs> ha- have like, fun.
0: Have fun. I'm Bye. Like,
1: Thank you. Yep. Bye. Closes the door. <sighs> and then goes to the lockbox and opens it up just to make sure it's there i'm going to you know take out like a backpack from the storage unit and shove the whole outfit into it mm-hmm. and i'm just going to i'm going to take a moment to be like butch you doing all right
0: i don't prefer this place
1: i'll get you another fridge real
0: soon carmichael takes more of norfolk every day
1: that's a good point and and you know what you'll love this i think uh i think uh you and i i think it's time to start taking people out
0: a smile for the first time as butch says i'm way ahead of you kelly And as you peer down into the blackness of the RV, you see a body.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna check on that.
0: You walk around the side of the RV and open it up and you're startled by a pair of eyes staring back at you from the darkness. A man about your age with slicked back hair and a bomber jacket wet with blood is just visible laying on his back in the storage space. And as you look closer, the light glints off of his fangs.
1: Oh, <laughs> more like a dead ringer, the dead uh, ringer for a dead body.
2: <laughs> quick question, is Rabbit on the call right now?
0: And are you <laughs> muted? surely Um, not right surely not well
2: i imagine if anything the call is going but you probably muted when you're talking to jillian and probably have not unmuted since then would that make sense it's
1: muted yeah you're on the call it's muted
2: cool i just wanted
0: to clarify
1: okay well um we should put that somewhere else
0: (laughs) yes you should put that somewhere else
1: can't you like
0: eat it (laughs) kelly this is a joint value proposition you have resisted my aims. Now, they are your problem.
1: Okay, okay, okay.
0: And I will continue to make them your problem until you take responsibility for your half of this arrangement. Kelly closes
1: that that like section of the storage on the other side, and like makes note to like lo- lock it, like firmly lock it. Okay, and comes around to the other side again and goes to close the lockbox and is like, you know what, come with me tonight.
2: (laughs) Your other boyfriend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Butch smiles again and says, I thought you'd never ask.
1: And Sam, I'd like to trust my gut. Oh, okay, all right. Give me a roll. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. Feeling lucky? I'm feeling like I gotta go out. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling the I'm feeling the pull of the cryptid.
0: You've got the creature in you.
1: I've got the creature in me. Four and four. So I rolled an eight because it's a z- plus zero. So on a seven and nine, the keeper will tell you a general direction to go. Take plus one forward as you explore that.
0: Kelly, you are feeling drawn to RPI's headquarters.
1: No, like. I mean, okay, I guess that's the general. I was going to say like a, a, a floor, an office. This is a
0: big building, isn't it? It is a large building, yes. It yeah. is maybe okay. five stories tall. Okay.
1: Okay, cool. I think uh, I think. then like I, <laughs> I think I'm like scooping Butch out. I don't know. I, I'm no, just... he's just there. He's just, he's just along with you. Then I just go. It's in the city, right? It is in the divot. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Then I make my way to the divot. I think I'm going to take some of the, the mine like tunnels and and stuff going through there because okay. I know it, it comes out right next to, to the divot. Sure.
0: Okay. Interesting. And just roll me something real quick. Just, just like, uh, just like roll me a sharp check. A Sharp check. <laughs> 11. Uh, yeah. Kelly. <sighs> There's way more tunnels here than you initially realized.
1: I'm gonna unmute my Discord.
0: Cool. Hey, rabbit.
2: Oh God. Sorry, sorry. I forgot I was in the call. Um, give me, give me one second. Yeah, it's mine. Th- thank you. Have a nice day. Th- that's for you. Thank you. Hey, sorry. What's up? I I would you would you door dash something? <laughs> no, I'm at the mall. What's up?
1: You're at the mall. I. I'm not me. It's like <laughs> 1 a.m. Yeah,
2: there's a guy who sets up outside the mall selling burgers late at night. They're like really good and also oh, okay, no one has, no one's ever here. So uh, No, I got gotcha. you. What's gotcha. up? Sorry. Sorry. I, I just I, I woke up hungry. Uh, Are I'm, you okay?
1: Uh, no, yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm going out. I'm I'm doing uh something tonight.
2: Cool. Something fun?
1: I'm in the mines right now.
2: Oh. Like with with the agents or
1: yeah, there's a well, no, no, no. Oh my gosh! I hope I don't run into them. They suck. Well, no, they're
2: they're not all. What are you What are you doing?
1: I am. Well, I'm heading to. Do you Do you mind staying on? No, not at all. Do you want to be my computer person?
2: <laughs> you're, you're, you're rabbit in the rabbit in the warren. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. I got my. I I mean, give me give me a minute to get back to the back home, and I got my laptop there. But okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I need to get there soon anyway. But I'm I'm going to I'm going to RPI.
2: Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, there yeah, are I'll, so
1: many more tunnels down here than I thought there were. I guess I don't spend enough time down here.
2: I mean, yeah, it's, it's mines. So There's tunnels everywhere. I, it's normal. Don't worry.
1: Okay. Well, you get back home. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna change, and then the next time you hear from me, I think I might be inside. Okay. RPI.
2: Be Be safe. Is should I be worried?
1: No, no, no. I got Butch okay. with
2: me. I just—it's—it's it's been a while, as far as I know, anyway. Unless you've,
1: yeah, yeah, been
2: doing this. So just listen. If you need me, I RPI. I, okay, I—I I know what that is. It'll take me a minute, but let me know as soon as possible if you need help. Okay, I'll. Obviously, I don't want to, but you know that if—if if you need me, I will. I will come to you. I will.
1: I got you. I got you.
0: Say something. Well, I, g- I got
1: to be quick anyway. I got okay, work go. in like go, go, three go hours. For
0: it. Okay, cool. I'm I'm here. Kelly, as you continue your way down the tunnel, you kick a pile of what you think to be rocks. And as you turn whatever light you're using to guide your way down here, you realize it is a whole grouping of those fog petals, and they scatter to the ground in front of you. You continue on towards RPI and find that these tunnels seem to lead almost directly up to some of its interior walls. However, this is definitely a secure location.
1: Oh dang if only I had some kind of move some kind of move that would uh help me get into a secure location hmm I'm gonna roll burglar okay <laughs> oh not the best I mean a good thing I have a plus three but that's uh that's gonna be eight okay On a seven to nine, pick two. You get in undetected, you get out undetected. You don't leave a mess and you find what you're after. So I'd like to find what I'm after and I would like to get in undetected.
0: (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) You love to see it. Kelly, you managed to find a back entrance in through RPI and something pulls you deeper. You take a set of stairwells down into the earth and you realize, probably not for the first time, that RPI has been excavating. They not only built their five story, you know, office building above, they have been building basements and sub basements and sub sub basements. This was one of the projects that our good friend Al Ripley had been Mm -hmm. assigned to. You make your way down these stairwells and get to a series of locked doors that need those like RFID chips. And you wait for some passing guards to kind of open them up and then slip inside. And down a hallway and another and another until you see what look to be a row of cells only one of them has its light on currently
1: is there a, like a security guard outside of that cell or anything or is it
0: not that you can see
1: then I'm gonna I'm just gonna go straight for that one just to see what is going on and and while I'm doing it, I'm like I'm like hey rabbit rabbit yeah yeah RPI's got like a bunch of sub basements and they have like like a prison block down here. What?
2: Like into yeah. headquarters? Yeah. Are there any does it seem official? Is there any mark of like I don't know, the state or the city or anything?
1: Uh I don't know. It's kinda hard to say, but I gotta I gotta keep get, it down yeah, just yeah. a little bit here. Get,
2: get a little bit of footage if you can. I, I think that's oh, important oh, oh, oh. for you to see.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. And Kelly's gonna pull out the burner phone and is going to pull up. His mask a little and put the phone in the neckline so that the video is just pointing out. And then pull the mask back down.
2: POV, you're exploring RPI headquarters and these weird prisons they built. To
1: like kind of pin the phone to like the neck. And it's not like it's not very easy to move with, but it's there.
3: When Kelly is approaching the cell, before they see me, they hear a young child's voice saying, "Je veux être bon. Je veux être bon. Pas de bon. pas, de mal. pas de mal.
0: Does Kelly speak French?
1: No, Kelly speaks Spanish. Ah, oh, okay, and it's a Romance language.
0: Interesting, so maybe you catch something, but you cannot understand the words coming from the other side of the door. What? Was that you, Kelly? Is
2: uh, that really no, far away. No, no, no,
1: no, it's, there's like a kid down here. There's like a, a kid, you know, like in one of these jail cells. What the
3: fuck? Can,
2: do you see and them?
1: No, I'm 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 going up to the cell right now, but yeah, they're speaking like it sounds like French to me, honestly.
2: Wait, really? What do they what does it sound
0: like?
1: Well, hold on. Let, let me let me get closer. And and Kelly as the cryptid like peers around into the cell.
0: You peer inside and see Skidamore chained to the wall. Rabbit i know i i know i said i had to be
1: kind of quiet but there's a huge fucking rat in here
2: <laughs> it it's fine just just avoid it it's probably scared of no. you more than you're scared of it no it's like I, they can bite but it's it's not that bad no it it's
1: like big it's like a it's like a toddler size it's like okay or, sure it, well no it's a little, uh, bigger you literally that? or
0: are you being are you like exaggerating
1: no i'm not afraid of rats
0: really they're a little scary No. Skidamore, a figure on the other side of the door is talking softly. They have a (laughs) black piece of fabric pulled down over their eyes, and there are two large red glowing orbs. It looks terrifying, honestly. (laughs) Can
1: you explain to me again what Skidamore looks like?
3: Okay, so right now you're seeing the softer version of Skidamore, which is same size, Same shape for the most part and still rodent, like rodent-esque, but instead of rat, like instead of sharper, pointier features, it's softer, like rounded ears this time, a little more like bigger eyes, but still looking kind of rugged and disheveled.
0: And their fur matted with blood where they are bleeding from multiple huge injuries.
3: Oh yeah, that too.
1: <laughs> uh and also okay okay how big is is skiddemore like four four feet,
3: right? four feet yeah four. four
1: feet okay yeah so it was like is it bigger than a toddler it's like a teenager like a or like a 10 year old well, i yeah, don't know probably
4: <laughs> but also, okay cool yeah.
2: shit i think this is the thing that was talking to me oh wait really? that was speaking oh yeah you said it sounded like, like french what was it saying it, it's like it
1: a, yeah like? like it's like a french kid is talking hold on one second uh um <clears throat> Child. Ah, uh, are you? Oh, oh um, fr- fr- Fran- Francia.
3: And Skidamore's ears—they were pinned back. And then, as soon as they hear France or like Is that something that's sounding, their ears perk up, perk up, and they start sniffing the air.
1: Ah. Uh rabbit do you know french
2: yeah of course are you fucking kidding me no i know french and spanish little german you hold on wait you know french i went to high school they taught it multiple times what do you mean you went
1: to high school i went to fucking high
2: school yeah i well yeah but you you didn't have the liberty of just taking the classes you wanted and i really liked french you really like you know
1: french wait wait hold on shut up has this not come up before no
0: I'm sure I know you speak Spanish. I messaged all of you individually <laughs> about whether you knew any languages from going to high school. And I was like, oh, Rabbit definitely would have taken, he's an elf,
2: he knows many languages, <laughs> you know?
1: Wait, 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 wait. Okay, you, you talk, um, here, I'm gonna repeat the things. Uh, okay. Wait, how do I say, how do I say, Um, are y- are you okay?
2: hold on a second it's been a moment and then we can just say that we're
1: doing it right yeah franny knows a little french so we're
3: i i actually really don't so like outside of these couple of phrases i'm yeah i'm going to have to also pretend that i'm singing. yeah we'll
1: just say we'll
2: just say stuff it's voodoo it voodoo it voodoo just, uh, just put just me on gonna... speaker just put me on speaker i'll talk to them no 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 pass the phone do you do they seem i mean are you They're they're, they're inside of a room. Okay, just they're in a cell. Can I talk to them? I don't know if this thing is
0: Skidamore. This person outside of the cell appears to be talking to (laughs) themselves. You hear a couple of different things that might be understandable, but for the most part, they are talking gibberish.
3: In in French, (laughs) in French, Skidamore says, still sounding like a young child. Skidamore says, "Are you, are you safe?" I, no harm no harm please
1: and kelly is just like gonna be re-saying like to the best of his ability is like
2: exactly the words that and i feel like that pairing like hearing the background like a little bit of them talking in the background i think Rabbit can kind of make it out yeah yeah they they're asking are you are you safe no harm i i don't know if they're asking if you're gonna harm them or if you are being harmed i
1: oh um I, okay, how do I, okay, then I'm just gonna
2: A- ask
0: if they need help. Okay, just repeat after me, okay. Okay. Skidmore, the person outside, the terrifying figure in this black mask with these these red glowing orb eyes, begins speaking something that could potentially pass for French. <laughs> They're using words that feel too like slippery.
3: Yeah, more very tentatively, very slowly starts moving closer towards the door and lowers their voice and continues to whisper as they get closer, Are you safe? I am good. I don't know where I am. Please help. I'm scared.
2: You look hurt. What happened to you?
3: Spinning round and round. So fast. Everything blurred. Don't know where I am. I'm cold and scared. And I'm hurt.
1: Alright, well that's enough for me. I'm gonna rip the door open.
0: <gasps> cool. I think this has to be a roll. I think we gotta put this to a yep. roll because we yep. we said how Uh much these doors were actually no. You know what? Uh, What want me to pick it? (laughs) No, I'm not gonna make you pick it here, Kelly. Because as you reach out, Butch's hand surrounds yours. And together the two of you rip this door off its hinges.
2: badass Fucking
1: Raw! I know two things right now. RPI is a bunch of fucking shitheads. And they have jail cells with a little rodent in it. That's
2: that's all I need to know. I, I'll teach Kelly to say, I am safe.
1: Like jump on.
2: Yeah, jump on. Hold, hold, hold tight,
0: I will carry you. Yeah. This is a manipulate someone role if I've ever heard one. Because you mm-hmm. are a scary person who has a demon claw that just ripped the door off its hinges. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Can Rabbit help out? Yeah,
2: can, can I help out? If and I want, I want to give Kelly a little like French lullaby to sing, something that is used to soothe children. One of like the early things you might learn in French to sort of sing uh, at Skidmore.
0: All right, let's see how Kelly rolls first. Sure.
3: Also, well, also before Kelly rolls, Sam, I have a question out of character. Uh huh. Skidmore has the sight. Mm-hmm. Can can Skidmore see Butch? <sighs>
4: Ooh,
0: good question. Let me read the site real quick.
3: It says, you can see the invisible, especially spirits and magical influences. You may communicate with, maybe even make deals with the spirits you see, and they give you more opportunities to spot clues when you investigate a mystery.
0: Yeah, you can definitely see (laughs) Butch. (laughs)
1: <laughs> which not really helping my case definitely I not helping your <laughs> case.
3: So, so yeah so as soon as the door is ripped open and and Skidamore sees again this very <laughs> scary uh, you know the two red bulbed like eyes and like this masked uh, person and then along with this like horrifying looking demon demon Skidamore Do you know that scene from The Lion King when Simba realizes the buffalo herd is coming towards them? Uh, Like literally just like their pupils uh, (laughs) dilate and they scramble like back. I want
4: fan
2: art of that. Into
3: a corner and are just like heaving, like hyperventilating. (laughs) No harm, no harm, no harm, no harm.
1: Manipulate someone, Kelly. Okay, all right, here we go. Come on, Dice. Come on, Dice. (laughs) Hey, hey, I... Five and four is nine. Minus one is eight.
0: There's no need for me to help.
1: Yeah, you you couldn't even get me there. I can't do shit for uh, you,
0: Kelly. uh, uh, Plus one ongoing because of your weirdness. Trust my gut. Which means, Rabbit, if you help out, it could move to a ten. You
1: you could get me to a ten.
0: All right,
2: you're going to be singing... uh, You're going to be singing...
4: Where is Jaka? Yeah, I
2: fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. Well, I fucking well, you're doing, knew it. Like the whole extended French cut. <laughs> so that, that, that's a seven. So yeah, I'm at an eight total. So I help, but I open myself to potential danger.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: Sam, I gotta say, wait, I can't believe Rabbit knows French, and <sighs> that I don't know French and that Skidamore is speaking French, and that I decided to have Rabbit on the call with me. Right?
2: Also, I love that Kelly is like a, a Jamie fanboy, right? Or at least like, you were, You at least were like inspired by Jamie, and Jamie definitely speaks French by now.
0: Yeah, but Kelly doesn't know yeah. that.
2: <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie's alter ego, Le Vampire.
3: <laughs> Skidamore's ears perk up again. And even though they're still scared, they say, who, "Who is who is brother Jacques? And and why is he sleeping? Am I going to sleep as well?"
0: If you use manipulate someone on another hunter, and you roll a ten plus, if they do what you ask, which in this case is Kelly asking Skidamore to come with him, they mark experience and get plus one forward. So, Franny, does Skidamore choose to go with Kelly?
3: Ah, uh, I'm. Skidmore is going to need more convincing. I somehow I in this moment even though they are speaking French, which is comforting.
1: Kelly pulls off the mask and is like, "I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy." Yeah, that means nothing to you. <laughs> say, I, uh, say it in French. Say, it, say, it, in say French, it in French. Say it in French. Say it like this. I say it in French. I am
2: just a dude. I'm just a
0: no, no. no. <laughs> there's no gonna be there's gonna be too much French in this arc for us. I know, <laughs> too, I know. We gotta do it once. For, Just once. For thing at all <laughs> <thought> about it. <laughs> uh,
3: je suis uh, yeah. <laughs> does,
0: does Skidmore go with Kelly?
3: Skidmore slowly approaches Kelly, <laughs> sniffing, and holds out their paw
1: and then kelly pulls the mask back down and takes the phone out like stops the recording grabs gidmore's hand and and goes we got to we got to get out of here like now <laughs> and and then i say it in french
3: gidmore <laughs> al- allows themselves to be pulled by kelly but also while Simultaneously trying to put distance between themselves and Butch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Butch disappears back into shadow. Franny, if Skidmore uses their last jinx hold here, I will have that person who was intending to bring you food have dropped their RFID badge on the ground here in the hallway which means you will be able to use it to ride the elevator back to the top.
3: Yeah, let's let's do it.
0: Okay. You spot that RFID badge on the ground and lean down to grab it. And Kelly, you see that it is in fact an ID card. It is specifically the ones that you saw people swipe on the little things to get down the stairwell. Skidmore picks it up and you realize that you can get back to the surface with that elevator that you saw earlier.
1: That's kind of perfect. Yeah, and I and I take it and I go over to the, the elevator and I scan it.
3: In the elevator, Skiddemore is like like in a corner, hands against the wall. What is this moving box? Where are we going?
1: There's a moment, you know, Skiddemore's pressed up against the wall. Rabbit's telling me some French to say, to be like, it's okay, it's okay. We'll be out soon or something. And then Kelly just like stops, like is standing still and tilts ahead looking up at the corner of the elevator to a camera and puts out a hand and waves.
0: No one stops you and the doors open on the first floor of RPI and you walk directly out the front door. Unfortunately for Kelly, this is not the only camera. The other camera was in the hallway where you removed your mask. And in a security room, we see Benoit Caldera reviewing footage the next morning, skipping forward and pausing directly on the frame where your face is exposed in sort of a profile shot. And he says, well, 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 Nice to meet you, Cryptid. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We've got one more thing before I can let this episode go. Kelly. Hothouse Flowers is muggy. The large plate glass windows that make up the front of the shop have fogged over with condensation, turning the snowy landscape outside into a kaleidoscope of dull monochromes and loose shapes. Inside, flowers in a million hues sprout from plastic buckets, a bastion of spring filling the air with a dense aromatic perfume that, while pleasant in theory, isn't helping your headache. A line has formed at the register, and the customers this morning are testy, lips drawn, arms crossed, brows furrowed, sighing at the inefficiency of the new guy, and sweating through their winter wear as they wait. Out the windows, something catches your eye. For a second, you imagine it was one of the flowers, swaying under the swish of the door or the heavy breath of an air vent, but no. There's that pop of color again against the grayscale environment, a pop of pink. It's hard to tell if it's her. It's been months since you saw Nami in the tunnels beneath the divot, and it seems like she's everywhere now. Everyone with colored hair might be her until you see their face, even if the shades wrong, even if they're too tall, too short, even as you apologize for the millionth time for calling out to them, even as you dread the days whispering the worst in your ear as they slip past. Every laugh or grind of metal might be her laugh, her sword. There's only one way to know for certain whether the figure on the other side of the fogged windows of hothouse flowers is Nami. So yes, come along. It's time to follow in her footsteps. It's time we go to the
4: garden.